0: what's going on guys i'm your host aaron lloyd and this is episode 55 of the creation grounds before i get into our next marvelous guest i want to encourage you yes you to like share subscribe tell people about the podcast that you think will genuinely benefit from it be inspired motivated educated and all of that If you've been rocking with me this long i appreciate you and if you're just joining welcome my next guest is a casting director who you may have gone in for. Her name is Pat McCorkle, and she is the head of McCorkle Casting in New York City. She casts everything from regional theater to Broadway to off-Broadway to mega blockbusters. Her track record includes Californication, which got an Emmy nomination. She's cast in known actors that you all know of nowadays, like Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. She's um, auditioned Samuel L. Jackson, Holly Hunter, And the list goes on and on and on. In this episode, she talks about the casting process. She talks about what inspires her, what kind of work inspires her. She peels back the layers of what goes into the casting process that a lot of actors may not understand. She talks about what actors can do to improve their auditions. um, Have, can an actor recover from having a bad audition? can't really put a broad scope over all casting directors but for her specifically talks about does she advocate for actors that might that producers or directors might overlook Does she put that extra push and much much more this is going to be a very valuable episode i hope it benefits you and your career and enjoy this episode with pat mccorkle what's going on creation grounds i have pat mccorkle owner of mccorkle casting on with me how you doing pat
1: i'm doing great
0: I'm doing good. It's good to see your face. Yeah. What inspires you? What inspires you nowadays, or what inspires you in general?
1: Good writing, good stories it inspires me, and I and you know it's it's interesting in this kind of crazy time we're living in. I'm just seeing so many uh, interesting new points of view, interesting new voices, and that's very exciting. You know, um, a lot of new issues um, that people are writing about. Plus, all the restrictions have have made things very interesting. I, I have two films I'm are doing right now, and both of them have three people in them.
0: Just three. Um, just three people. Wow. In this film, and they're good films. Yeah. But yeah. they have these very, very small cast and they're limited budget, so it's um it's good. It's a it's a good thing. It's good. So, so.
1: that's the kind of stuff that I I like, and I you know. I'm constantly reading the news and following what's going on in the world and seeing it reflected in the arts so that we can get a different point of view and be knowledgeable about it all.
0: And how did you get your start in the arts? Where did that that, uh, interest and love come from for you?
1: I started in high school. Is is that a cliche? I had a really (laughs) good drama teacher in high school Um, and I grew up in Central Jersey, so He was great, and he would bring us to the theater in New York all the time. And I just loved it. My parents loved the theater, too, but they weren't in the arts at all. But I just really got into it. And then I went to Rutgers undergrad and had some very interesting people who were very influential in terms of encouraging me to pursue the arts. I learned very quickly that I was not an actress, and what was interesting to me was the bigger vision of what the whole thing looked like. So I got very interested in directing, and I'm some very strong directing teachers. Then uh, after that, when I got out of, that, out of Rutgers, I, I went to NYU and uh, had a very strong program there. It was a particularly a, a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, teacher. I had a professor named Buzz Podwell. And Buzz was so uh, influential for me and let me do my thing. And at that time, I was also, uh, as we do in in college, so many times we have many fingers and many pies, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And I was the local high school, I was their drama director when I wasn't going to college. And I had to do productions with them. And Buzz actually came down and played banjo in my musical. as as being my professor just just to encourage me and then you know so that's how I started I just started coming to the theater and going constantly to New York I that was I was very lucky
0: that's awesome and what what were the moments that led up to McCorkle casting the founding of that or I'm I'm interested what was it for you that made you decide you weren't an actor were you just not
1: wasn't very good okay (laughs) (laughs) okay I mean I I did plays in college and, and such, and um, I, I mean, I guess I was all right. I don't know. It wasn't, I didn't really like people looking at me, okay. which, which might be a, a limiting factor. But I, as I, again, I was always much more just in the bigger picture, always was. Yeah. And where I think an actor needs to stay focused on what they are doing, mm-hmm. where as a director you can have a bigger vision. And that's where I wanted to to focus. But when I got to New York, when I decided to come to New York, I got offered. I did summer stock. I did New Jersey Shakes. I did did theater in Rhode Island and stuff. And when I got to New York, uh, the opportunities for women at that time you could count on one hand. I mean, there were literally five famous women directors in the country. There just wasn't the opportunity. And I worked at Circle in the Square, and I was the assistant to Ted Mann. And one of the jobs he gave me was to work with Roger Sturman, who he hired as a casting director. And Roger and I became fast friends. And he was the casting director. I was his assistant. But I got to work on eight Broadway shows right off the bat with Roger. He was a great mentor. And to this day, I still incorporate a lot of what I learned from him. And after I was in Circle for three years, I got offered a job at TCG, Theater Communications Group, which I think probably most of your listeners know who they are. But when I was there, we had a casting department. They don't do that now. But there was a casting department. We cast all the regional theaters in the country. And so I got to meet everybody and work on so many new plays. And I had a wonderful uh, person I worked with there, Michael Fender, and I was there for two years. And after the time there, I realized there was a. there was a program on PBS called Theater in America, and they would go into theaters all over the country and take great shows and play them. And I went to my boss, Peter Zeisler, uh, who was the original managing director of Guthrie, but Peter ran TCG at that time. And so, can we work on PBS? It doesn't violate our nonprofit status. They're working with these people. And Pete, that was not the way Peter saw TCG got it. And In the meantime, I was working with Center Stage of Baltimore, and they had worked with their PBS station and done uh, and the Scrivener, which won some Emmys. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was a great new branch that so we could go where we wouldn't violate the terms of our contract. And Peter just didn't see it that way. So I thought, I just need to expand. So I ended up partnering back with my original part- partner, which is Roger, my original mentor. Mm-hmm. And we opened it up. Roger had great connections in the film and television world, so immediately right off the bat, we were doing that. And we were together for two and a half years, and then Roger went back to commercials. I don't like doing commercials. <laughs> not very good at it. Um, and I decided to just truck out
0: on my own and that's where I am. Nice. So, yeah. In the beginning, you mentioned that you did eight Broadway shows when you first started. So the beginnings of McCorkle Casting were kind of like exciting, it sounds like.
1: Well, it wasn't McCorkle Casting. It was just plain old Pat working with Roger. McCorkle Casting didn't, it didn't create the company. McCorkle Sturdivant was created when I left TCG. Okay. That was that company and then Roger left so it became McCorkle Casting.
0: Got it. Um, cool. Awesome. Yeah. What? What? So you like the big picture. You like putting things together. What is the most challenging aspect of casting for you, would you say?
1: Hmm. Well, I'm trying to get all the pieces together because not only do I have to find the right talent, and but I also have to make it work. I have to be able to, So you start out with the art part, hmm. which is getting the actors. And then you have to make the business part, which is doing the deal to get the actor there. So it's 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 two sided. Some some casting directors don't like the negotiation at all; won't even do it. Um, but I always find out I I always find out that I have to do it. So I do. Um, so it's the fun part, though, is, is the challenging part is always to find innovative, creative ways to cast a show so that the audience, so that I fulfill the vision of the writer primarily and the director. That's what I really want to do is tell this story in a way that, that the director and the writer are
0: happy. That makes sense. And yeah. what, how, how do cast directors secure projects? I don't know if a lot of actors know that, like what goes into
1: it's sort of the same way, uh actors do i mean you go by reputation and your work and people call you and you go in an interview and you either get it or you don't uh a lot of casting directors have agents i have an agent and he will uh send me a project but i have to go in an interview exactly the way an actor has to interview, and then they decide get yeah, your day and then we have to negotiate a deal nice but it's just it's it's really word of mouth and um, you know references and things like that. And your work speaks for yourself for for itself. So to be on that page with
0: it. absolutely. And I think a lot of actors when they this is what I think actors are going to be interested in. What makes uh, a memorable audition for casting directors or for you specifically? What what are some of the most memorable things they say in the first couple seconds? You guys know, yeah. <laughs> like whether or not somebody has it so what what's a memorable what makes a memorable audition for you
1: well a memorable ad- audition is when well a really memorable audition is when you you are so captivated by the performance of the actor you, with all the things the actor to the table that you're watching the character that you want them to play you're not mm-hmm. watching an actor playing a character you're watching the character and it, it has to do with the physicality the voice the interpretation, the understanding, and there, could, there can be different ways of making uh, a character live, mm-hmm. but you really want, my job is, I'm a personal shopper for the director and the producer and the writer, and I'm trying to get the actor to, in, in, to inhabit the character that they, they want, and there might be different ways of doing that, and it's fun to present choices. Yeah. You know? That's that's what's exciting. That's very exciting when you see uh, an actor come in and do a performance and go, I don't know where the lines are, I just saw the character that was written.
0: Do you have any moments or actors that come to mind for you immediately that, that pops, like that person is just incredible?
1: When I was doing a film called School Ties, when Matt Damon came in when he was still a student at Harvard mm-hmm. and done a little thing, I walked out, well that actor <laughs> is something else, you know, and where does he fit best in our project because he's so down we could do them all, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember first time I saw Hunt Holly Hunter. Um I had those same kind of vibes. And the first time I saw Paul Giamatti
0: incredible yeah. actor
1: yeah they're all incredible actors yeah but he was yeah. 29 years old and uh was doing a show at lake center and i went, like, who is that you know mm-hmm. that's exciting that's very exciting
0: that's awesome um yeah i could i could keep you on here talking about those stories forever because you you've met yeah. some incredible and cast some incredible films uh are there any what do you wish actors knew about the casting um like process a lot of times actors are coming in some actors feel like it's uh like casting directors are against them when it's not that at all it's collaboration i mean
1: it's it's they're not against them but why would they be in the room i mean we're not you know absolutely okay for punishment well, when we get invited into the room we have we, as i said go, we can go back to the analogy and we're personal shoppers for the producers and the directors and stuff. so we want you to be good Mm-hmm. We really want you to be good if you were chosen to be there for a very specific reason, that there's something that we, that a casting director sees in you that will fulfill the role. And um, we want you to just show us how you play the part, bottom line. I mean, that's a real simple way, but that's what we want to see. A lot of times actors spend more time looking at, at us or the people behind the table as opposed to actually... Deciding to delve into the character and just show us what, how the character should be playing. Um, we want you to be good. We're on your side. We're rooting for you. Um, at least that's the way I run my office.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. And what what would you say... Um, any actors that you've ever fought to secure the role for them where you're fulfilling the, the writer and the director and the producer's vision, but you so believe... like and that Paul Giamatti talent or whatever, and the, whoever doesn't see it that way, and you say, well, just give this person a chance. Have you had like moments like that?
1: I'm actually in one of those moments right now. I
0: have <laughs> this uh, play that I'm working on, and I'm,
1: I'm rooting for this one particular actress because I think she'll knock everybody's socks off with this part, but the, none of them know her. Mm. I, and I know this actress, and I've seen her in a number of projects. But she's from the West Coast, and I'm just... And they're saying, well... And then they saw her today, and they're like, whoa, she's really good, so now they have to re those things. They said, please don't make a decision until you see this, this actress. Yeah. Because um, I think she's very special. And they did, and they were like, whoa, yeah, you're, you're kind of right. Um, and I've, I've done that a couple times with people, if there's someone i was spot on Or a role,
0: even if you don't see it first, if there's qualities I see in them that are going to make a difference in what's important in the role. Yeah. You know? 100%. And what makes, I guess, the op, the exact opposite of what a good audition would be, which is know your work, do your work, bring your choices. What, what makes a bad audition? And can an actor recover from that? Um, have you ever cast an actor who has had a bad audition but you know that they're a good actor
1: there are people there are wonderful wonderful actors who don't audition well they really don't um auditioning is a skill it's just a skill set um frequently there are actors who are well established and who've done fantastic work but a lot of them from out of town they might have you know they might be from Minneapolis or Arkansas or Seattle where they don't audition much and they're not used to the audition process because everybody in town knows the work and knows this is what they do you mm-hmm. know this way or that way and they can talk about it so when they come into a room of strangers they can get nervous or, or you know it's not their very best I would tell you that one of the things that's it's been happening about the last five years, but boy, this last two years, even before COVID came, in, everybody's been doing is everybody refers back to the directors you've worked with before, what theaters you've worked at before, and get um, get the, uh, uh, some recommendations. Yeah. On this is a good person to work with. It's really important. I I know a brilliant, brilliant actor who gets so nervous when he comes in for auditions that his hands can't stop shaking. And he doesn't, he's not, doesn't have a disease, he doesn't have Parkinson's or anything like that. Mm. It's just nerves. Wow. It doesn't happen in performance. And so when he auditions, people say, oh, is there something wrong? And I'm going, it's just his nerves. Mm. So let it go. So, but people go back to, and then they'll might call somebody who's worked with him several times. Yeah. And they'll say, no, that's... That's that's not true. That's not who he is. Because, you know, when you audition, it's just a little tiny bit. It's like, like you're buying some cheese or something. You take a little slice and taste it. And I'm going to buy that. And You know, from audition, it's just a little slice. Say, that's where I want to go. But sometimes it can be the most magnificent performance you've ever seen. Comes out of it. Or... It never changes. Or it gets worse. You yeah. so know, the better some people are great at auditioning and that's it at best, you know. <laughs> they get worse the more they think about it. Um, we also have to know how an actor behaves on on, the, on screen. I mean, in, in, in a camper, if if we send them a regional data, how are they gonna be there? How are they gonna behave? Are they gonna be good campers? And yeah. if somebody Uh, He's not a good camper. The word spends very quickly. Uh, This is not a good person to be in the company. So my job is you can hire that person, but just be aware there's been trouble in other situations. So the the whole package has to be taken into consideration. We're held accountable if the actor misbehaves. Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you know? Why did you send me an actor that was wrong?
0: yeah I think that's something that actors don't don't think about like just it's all reputation being a good human being kind um, yeah and, and being a good casting director too he,
1: yeah. she sends us good people you yeah. know and we've never had a problem
0: it's so. awesome what do you believe 10 years what do you believe now that you did not believe 10 years ago in terms of the casting process or the, the industry or just life in general yeah <laughs>
1: be using this kind of medium (laughs) like we're using now I never believed that theater was going to be all over Zoom you know Mm -hmm. uh, that I never would have thought would happen and I think it's here to stay on some level you know for theater I think I think you know the unions are obviously going to have something to say about it but I think the uh, regional theaters are going to use the first round in Zoom and then fly in and do the second round in person, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, that I never would have thought. Honestly, two years ago I wouldn't have thought it. We were using tapes a lot. You know, the whole industry is worldwide now. Yeah. It can be, I can be Zooming somebody from South Africa, I can be Zooming somebody from Tokyo and have them audition. Uh, we had a situation um, two years ago with a the theater it was before COVID, obviously, and we had a musical, two-person musical, and we were set, and the music director was in Tokyo, wow. and we lost one of the actors. So we literally had to do uh, Skype auditions at 8 o'clock at night in New York, 8 o'clock in the morning in Tokyo for, um, for this musical. And um, so that kind of thing, that whole, the whole internet thing is, has become different. And likewise, all my directors and my personnel are always looking all over YouTube and everywhere to find any footage you put up, any actor put up about them. And it makes me a little crazy. <laughs> you know, we, we had a, recently we had a comedy, a player were casting. And it was a broad comedy. Silly, really silly comedy. And we were using New York actors, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, we, and they kept saying, well, we want to see what footage you have on them. And I went, what difference does the footage make? And these were New York actors and most of their footage was Law and Order, which isn't exactly silly comedy. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and I and they said, well, don't you have anything funny on them? And I went, there's nothing here <laughs> right. that we're shooting that would Rely on this, you have to rely on the auditions and talk to the people. You're going to have to stop relying so much on YouTube. It makes me a little nuts. So I I try to defend the actor as much as I can.
0: But that's that's important to note that that's important. Like, online presence is becoming more so the YouTube, the TikTok, and all that is important.
1: I I had one film that I'm not doing, by the way, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I had one film that they wanted me to cast completely off of Instagram.
0: Wow. Off of the I followers? Like,
1: yeah, just looking around Instagram and finding, you know, people on it and something. Well. Wow. And I just said, that's not, I look for actors. That's just not for me. That's not my world. Yeah. You know, there are people that do that and that's fine. I Good luck to them. It's just, you come to the wrong person. Yeah. Not everybody does everything, and, you know. Yeah. I, I appreciate you too, because sometimes it is an easy reference, but you just got to make sure you find the
0: right thing. Right. Well, that's interesting. And what what are the similarities or differences between casting for theater, TV, and film? Because you do all those. Are there similarities in the process, or are they kind of different?
1: Well, I think they it, it need a good actor in all of them, but the, mm-hmm. the difference is that um, theater is... You know, you have one perspective from an audience member and the actor's in charge of filling the space and moving it all around and creating the character and doing all the techniques that, you know, you're trained to do and all of that material. Intelli- intelligent and in film, you have the same core issues. You still have the same character material you have to. Do. You just don't have to cover 15 feet, 30 feet hundred feet you don't have to fill a space which takes a certain skill set but you have to maintain the same kind of intensity in terms of developing a character and a lot of what the actor does is now controlled by the camera and how the camera likes you and how they edit it Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff which you don't have at all in in, uh, theater when we shoot theater I shoot it farther back. I shoot a film um, audition much closer, mm-hmm. not too close if it's a comedy, but close. But theater, I try to go like waist up, yeah, some distance, so we can see if you can fill the space, and gives you a chance to move. That's that's the biggest. thing. It's just their techniques, but the core of the actor and how an actor works is the same. Right. That's what said. And you need to be in charge of it.
0: Uh, the actor being in charge, meaning yeah. owning the role in the, in the space and all that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly right.
0: What, what kind of projects do you desire to do next? You said your office is very busy currently, you're working on indies. What kind of work, um, are you drawn to? I know you said good writing. What do you desire to do next?
1: I, you know, I like to do things that are where really, really influence people one way or another, be it a stage play or be it um, a feature that can you I'd like to entertain I don't, I don't I'm not going to do just infomercials or, <laughs> but um uh, but I want to enlighten people mm. and give a different perspective on it um and the same with theater they're just different kind of qualities I, it really is about the material and is it fun is it going to be fun to work on mm. I mean I like comedies i I have, I have one film that I'm working on, sort of. It, it was a producer sent it to me, we were working on it, and then the producer decided to not continue with the project. And I love this movie. I love this movie. And I talked, and the, the writer and I became friendly, and so now I'm going to get into other people to produce. Nice. Um, I don't want to become a producer, unless I just do art. I don't want to raise money. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> that's not my gig. It's really not my gig. But artistically, we're on the same page, and I think this could be a classic comedy. And I just think it's a great, great, great film. Just got to get somebody to agree with me. Nice. You know, it, it's nuts. I, it's nuts because he even. The, it just happens the, the playwright is best friends with this really hot, up and coming. Male star, who is absolutely perfect for it, and wants to do it, and is committed to doing it. As soon as we can get it in schedule, I mean, if we got everything going for it. I just, just the money. Just, oh wait, it just, just get the money. Yes, <laughs> I need some money.
0: Okay. It'll, it'll happen. You, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah somebody, will, somebody will see it. Somebody rich will see it. They can it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I ask all my guests this. This has been great talking to you and catching up, and. I ask all my guests this. When you think of the word creative, who comes to mind for you and why?
1: Who oh, comes to mind? Oh, that's a really good question. Creative. There's so many different levels on that. You know, um, there's so many different I mean, in terms of the writers, there's like the you know, knowledge and those kind of people. You talk about directors. You talking about... Spielberg and all those kind of people who are just I mean, Spielberg's new West Side story is just gonna be terrific. Yeah. i kind of involved with it in the background because I'm i with the Lawrence Hatcher Foundation, which is also long to Rogan. Nice well, original, so I I've been following along on this that journey and it's gonna be terrific. So it's it's so exciting when you when you get that when you get somebody who has a good vision on it. Um there's some of these new directors and writers, I mean, I think David Cromer is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. He just looks at something, comes up with a new way
0: of illuminating for us. You know? Those are kind of the people that I'm, that I'm not working with. That's awesome. And how do people, if they have not been into your office, you haven't seen their work, how do people get in touch with you? How do um, they lend themselves to become you becoming aware of their work. How can people connect with you? Are you on social? Do you have um how do people connect we have with a you?
1: website. We have a website for casting Got it.com website and that's the best way to get through, to us through that. Right now we're still at home in COVID land. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, so I don't really have an address to send to right now, so it's best to work through the website. The website's pretty good. The yeah. website's pretty up to up to date. So that's that's actually the best way to reach out to her. Beautiful. But I'm constantly looking. I'm constantly, constantly, constantly looking for for talent. I'm working on a, a new off-Broadway show and again this is one where I need I need country western singers and I need country western singers who really sing country western. Yeah. Genuinely sing, don't have and I love Broadway people, but it isn't a Broadway sound of Western, country Western singing. It's the genuine nitty gritty. So I'm reaching out now to Nashville and how, who wants to do a play. You know, I mean, I'm constantly looking new place. I don't want to, I don't, I don't, no, I don't find recycling the same twelve people exciting. Yeah. I'm just not interested. In that one.
0: Yeah. It's awesome, Pat McCorkle. It's been a pleasure.
1: It's been so great to see you.